Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Casa of Southwestern Illinois' first podcast episode where we shine on the amazing work of our volunteers, staff, and the community. And your host for today is Caster Daryl Motori. Today's episode is titled, A Journey of Advocacy, Casa Volunteer Story. So we're going to start our day off by talking with a couple of Casa volunteers that happen to be a couple. Hello. Hi, Cass. Tyler here and Gina here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Before we uh, dive into the inspiring stories of dedicated volunteers, let's take a moment to understand the heart and backbone of CASA. CASA, which stands for Court-Appointed Special Advocates, is an organization committed for advocating for the best interest for the children in the court system. Today, we'll focus on CASA of Southwestern Illinois and its mission to make a difference in the lives of elected children. Most of the time, when we hear about CASA, a lot of people think it's a Mexican restaurant or a house. No, we're special court-appointed advocates. Uh, The main thing about CASA is our mission. Our mission is to recruit, train, and supervise and support volunteers who advocate the best interest for children that have experienced abuse and neglect and that are involved in the judicial system. And so this afternoon, we have two people with us. We have Tyler and we have Gina, in which I just mentioned they're a couple. So I'm going to start off with Gina. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and why you decided to be a counselor? Sure. I'm Gina Previtt. Um, I came from uh, a traditional home with two loving parents. Blessed to have that in my life. I went to college, um, got several degrees, and then I joined the military and served 26 years. And Ty and I have been married for, for 21 years and have two teenagers. We're pretty, pretty busy people. I got interested in CASA because I always thought it would be helpful to become a foster parent. I really felt like I was blessed in my life, um, and I, I guess I wanted to give back. You know, we had two, two healthy children, and we, we just wanted to keep giving back. And Tyler, tell me a little bit about yourself. You guys are married, and what made you decide? Was it just because of Gina, or what gave you that harder decision that inspired you to be a counselor? Well, uh, you know, Gina went over a, a lot about our family and, and our background as a family. Besides that, I grew up in a house with a lot of kids. We had seven kids in my family and um, grew up on the East Coast. I've always had a lot of siblings and a lot of family around. You know, what got me interested in CASA was, as Gina mentioned, you know, we, she, was, she was really doing the legwork. She felt called to it. And the more and more I heard about it and the more she was talking about it, I realized that I was going to be involved in it one way or the other, um, because it was a, you know, it was a program that does impact your life. And I figured, well, if I'm going to be involved with it, I'd, uh, I'd like to be involved on my own as well. Well, can you tell me how you first heard about CASA? Um, we heard about it through a friend of Gina's, uh, she was asking questions about foster care 
she one of her friends mentioned this program and um and then from there she uh gina started researching it and found out what it was all about and gina tell me what did you think of training well i was training you guys because in casa our main job we want to recruit and train tell me what was your first impressions of training? What did you think about training? I thought it was a very relaxed environment. And it was clear that everyone that was there really wanted to make a positive difference in children's lives. And so for me, it was it was very welcoming. But also, I, I felt like we learned a lot um, about what the biological parents and the foster parents and the foster kids are going through. And um, and I felt because of that, it, it made me actually want to, you know, help more children. It made me want to volunteer even more. Yeah, there was a, a couple of things that jumped out at me right away. The first was uh, kind of like Gina mentioned, just that sincere motivation of everybody in the room, both the trainers and the trainees, you know, that that common purpose of helping children was shared among all of us. That was the first thing. And then the second thing that really jumped out at me was that there was much fewer volunteers than I had envisioned. There was only a couple of us in the class. Um, and then actually one of the trainees uh, dropped out almost right away. And it, it just fueled the fire in me and I think in Gina that to, to be consistent with this and to be uh, committed to seeing it all the way through. Yes, and that's so important because we really want to encourage more people to be a CASA volunteer. But sometimes as we go through training, it's not just meant for everyone to do that type of work. It takes a special type of person to do the work you're doing. Someone that's going to commit it to those children because we really make a difference in their lives. And going through training is one of the processes that we have to do to prepare us for all the situations that we'll be dealing with. But on the flip side, what was the most rewarding aspect you think about at this point being a CASA volunteer? I realize you guys have gone almost a year now going on. So are there any rewarding aspects at this point to be a CASA volunteer? And that goes to either one. For me, um, the most probably the most rewarding aspect of being a volunteer so far have been the moments when I have felt like I've positively influenced the child which would in turn reinforce that the child is in a safe place, having, I guess, the best uh, the best chance at um, a great future. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably been the part that's, that's uh, been most rewarding to me, like seeing the, the child flourishing in the environment that they're in. So, Jen, let me ask you this. How was it on your first visit when you first met your Casa child? How was that? It was interesting. Um, I... I guess I had a lot of preconceived notions about what that first visit would look like, you know. Um, and when I showed up to the house, it was like all my preconceived notions went out the window. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but like I guess I wasn't expecting normal, and it was pretty normal, you know. Um, I showed up in the house, and I was very welcomed by. Um, okay. the, the <laughs> foster parents, which I know not everyone has that same experience, but for me, I was very welcomed okay. and I saw the child was like doing very well. And, um, and I guess, you know, it was more normal than I thought it would be. Um, and, which was, 
I guess, probably a little bit um, of a relief to me. So in training, we go, did, would you say any aspects of training prepared you for that first visit? Well, if anything, like I, I think I was prepared for anything. Um, and I also like, I think um, training kind of helped me look at it, not from my perspective, but from everybody else's perspective. Uh, yeah. Well, I'd have to agree with that. The, the, the training really did show us all sides of what is possible and what to expect. Okay. And, and I had a similar experience to Gina where I was pleasantly surprised that, you know, the, the normalcy that I, that I had seen in the environment and, and the welcoming nature of the, the family that I'm interacting with. So as we go forward, guys, let me ask you this. You guys are, Tyler, you guys are working with different children. We're working with different children. They're, they're part of the same family, um, but different children. So we each have our own relationships with, uh, with separate children, actually. Okay. Thank you. And so, um, I know in the past and what we have, and it's really great that we have a couple doing this together because we have the other couples that have worked same thing with uh, families. They work the same families and they work as a team. So anyone out there that's listening, just know that we do that. You come separate. You can come with your mate and we will need more and more people to do exactly what Tyler is trying to do. We're trying to make a difference in the child's life in Gina. And the next question I have for either one, could you describe, have you guys, have you had a chance of going to court yet by any chance? Uh, yeah, we've both been to court. Um, probably, I think I've been to four, four or five uh, hearings. And, um, and I know Gina's been to a couple as well. Okay. And what did you think of the court procedure as a council volunteer? Yeah, it's it's frustrating uh, to be honest. It's it takes a long time to work through these situations, especially when there's multiple parents involved, multiple children involved. The court tries to do their best, but it's just it's just a complicated situation. Yeah, and after going there and visiting, seeing that, it just shows how important it is for a young person, someone to have an advocate for them. Would you say? Yeah, I um, I actually felt that that being in court was actually one of the best opportunities to influence the situation because I found also that you know the system is overburdened. Um, I think everybody knows that the the caseworkers are too busy, the attorneys are too busy, the the judges have. Um, too many of these things to work through as well, and so I found that the attorneys. Uh, a, a lot of the preparation they do is actually when they show up and they have a conversation with the caseworker and with the CASA volunteer. And that information goes into the court that day. And so I have found that it's important to build relationships so that you have a good relationship with the caseworker and the attorney so you can invite yourself into those opportunities um, and have a better chance of influencing. You're absolutely right. And that, again, shows the importance of having someone there to be there to advocate for those children 
in the training process, as we went through training, was there anything really difficult that stood out? As far as the, I mean, obviously, uh, the content is challenging um, because you really need to have an understanding of the spectrum of situations you might discover as you're uh, going through your your your, your assignment. Your assignment. Um, now the and when I say that, I mean because lots of these children have been abused. Um, lots of them are in unstable situations. Lots of them don't have that consistency of love that they need to really flourish. And it's seeing that and, and they, the trainers try to cover all that in the training. So emotionally, I think it's difficult to absorb that, that the situations that are out there are not what all of us see every day. There's, there's a lot more challenging situations out there and, and understanding that and being prepared to deal with that takes a takes a mental leap. It takes some mental commitment to know that that's what you're stepping into and that you'll be expected to do your best in that environment. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Tyler, for sharing that with us. As we go further into that, right now, is there a specific moment or event that's had a lasting impression on you at this point, Tyler? Uh, For me, the, the most memorable moment I've had, the most memorable experience I had was when I went to visit the children at their developmental, they have an early development program that they're a part of. And I went to visit them at their early development program. Now, both of the kids that I'm working with have have some challenges. And one of them actually is nonverbal. He's, he's not speaking, he's not communicating verbally. And so there's a tendency to think that he's not um, noticing or that he's not present in those moments. But when I went to visit, uh, he recognized me, and he just walked over to me and you know put his hands on my on on my shoulder and and kind of not really snuggled up, but you know he kind of nurtured up to me, recognizing that I was there and that he knew me and that he was glad I was there. And for me, that was. That was probably the most memorable experience I've had, and it really fueled me for a, for a long time to stay involved and to stay motivated. I can sure say that, say that same thing happened with me as a CASA volunteer myself with two uh, brothers. The oldest brother was great, but it took maybe up to five to six months for the younger one to see me to... Uh, receive who I was, and all of a sudden he would run up to my pants leg also. And that was very rewarding. So I understand exactly how you feel when it comes to that. And so with you guys working as a team, was it easier to do this, do you think? Do you guys consider yourself a team, or do you work uh, together? Yeah, um, well, I mean, we do both, to be honest. Um, Our the children we work with are separate. So when we do our visits, we do them separately. um, And we're doing our reports and things for the courts separately. Um, But at home, um, we work a little bit more together as a team. You know, if Ty had just learned something or looked something up and is trying to learn something, then he'll share it with me um, and vice versa. And so 
it's kind of good to have, I guess, another sounding board, if you will. Um, but also with us working in this within the same family, um, when we do talk to the caseworker, we can kind of save time for everyone, really. So um, if Ty doesn't have time and I have time, then I'll talk to the caseworker, but I'll also get an update on um, what Ty's working on, working on um, and, and again, vice versa. So it, I think it ends up being definitely a, a team effort um, at home. And then when we're, we're out and about, we're kind of doing our own thing. So it's, uh, I guess it's been a good experience to, to be doing it together. Okay. Now, do you think by doing this as a CASA, has that brought you guys closer together? Having both been military and having both have similar backgrounds and similar values, I think we're we communicate pretty well on on life values. But in this case, it's it's given us a common goal. You know, it's given us a, a common enterprise to work on together. So, it I, I wouldn't say it's brought us closer. It's allowed us to work together on something else, which is, is I found to be pretty rewarding. And and Tyler. Uh, I noticed with your background in psychology, has that really helped you working with CASA or when collaborate with others from your past experiences? Does that tie in any? Not from an academic standpoint. I've always had that propensity to observe people and to try and understand what they're going through. That's just sort of who I am. And that's what led me into that field, what connected me to that field. So I think it's more in tune with who I am rather than what I've studied. And, and I'm glad you said that because that helped us when we go out to recruit other people. That's exactly what we want. Anyone can come out and try to attempt to be a Casablanca. You don't necessarily have to have certain degrees. We want a person to have a desire and care to want to be. So my ask this to you, Todd. Is there anything you could say as far as to help me as we end our program as far as recruiting other people into the program? I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Really, it, it's about caring. And that should be the basis of the initial conversation is, you know, are you, do you care about children? You know, do you care to help? Do you care to make a difference in the lives of some kids who really need it? Gina, what would you have to say to that? Um, I just, I, I say if anybody's on the fence or if they've even considered it, to just do it. You know, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a time commitment in the very beginning to, uh, to do the training. So, you know, find a time where you can schedule the first training and get it on your calendar and start filling out that paperwork. And then I feel like, you know, once you're um, assigned a child, for which to advocate for you're gonna you're gonna just naturally find time for it um in your life and and you know why not make a difference if you if you can it's not a huge time commitment so um so it's something that you can easily work in with your own time frame uh when you have the time to do it uh so i i just say just do it just start oh thank you so much um you know, the impact of CASA volunteers go way beyond the courtroom and it leaves a lasting impression on the lives of the children that they support. So I would like to thank each and every one of you guys. 
And for me, it's the idea that being a CASA volunteer, just it takes a caring person because when I think of the stories, everyone has a great story, but it's about the commitment because we can make a difference in a child's life. CASA of Southwestern Illinois is hosting a training event in February for our volunteers. Please join us. February's boot camp will be on Saturday, February the 17th, and our flex will be uh, Monday on February the 19th. This is a chance where you can sign up and join our exciting training to be a part of our team. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. Your support is what helps us continue to make a difference in the lives of children. Please consider donating to us at org slash donate if you care about furthering our mission. If you want to learn more about Casa of Southwestern Illinois or sign up to become a Casa volunteer, visit our website at org, which is C-A-S-A-O-F-S-W-I-L.org and or you can visit us on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe for our upcoming episodes and please share this podcast with others who may be interested in making a difference in the child's life. Until next time, I'm Cassidara Matori. See you soon.